0: In this week's update, what to expect in 2023, how to profit from it, and gold breaking hard to the upside. My name is Gary Davis, and as always, this is general advice only, and please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, let's start with a, a market perspective, um, but look, just before I, I do that, long-term watchers of this video will know that um, I'm fundamentally bullish, and to my way of thinking, that's always been the best way to be because markets are in long-term uptrends. And over the last two to three decades, the the Fed has accommodated um, stock markets. And and markets have had a tendency to price in six to nine months ahead of what they they are expecting coming. And major lows, therefore, have always formed well in advance of the economic data or the news. now, the Fed and other central banks have now signaled that that era is finished, and a new era has started, where they're going through uh, monetary tightening, they're raising interest rates. And so my uh, for a period, my fundamental outlook um, for most of the market has shifted. And it's shifted since December 16, when the Fed had the opportunity to um, you know to ease off, take their foot off the pedal to a degree, But they didn't, and clearly they've you know they've followed up on that ever since. So one has to assume that economic conditions are are going to get tighter and tighter for a while. And under the circumstances, that has raised the odds of the markets or the indices heading down. So not only fundamentally is it likely that indices will head down, but also technically, as we'll see, the indices are still in downtrend. It's the only way that you can interpret it at this point in time. And so the fundamentals and the technicals are, are lining up, and that always doesn't happen. However, parts of the market are going to be quite different, and you've only got to look in 2022 to what happened with lithium, what happened with the US energy. You know, there were bright spots. There weren't that many of them, but there were some bright spots. And so that's the part that I'm focused on. So I just want to be very clear about where I'm coming from. So the American CPI came out. Um, and was pretty much as expected. Um, there's a bit of debate about you know, how the numbers were interpreted, but it was pretty close to what was expected. And so the market chose to react positively. And that always happens, of course, when markets are coming back from being oversold. And so that wasn't terribly surprising. But when you step back and take a slightly bigger view the inflation rate is still far too high, it's you know, 6.5%, the Fed wants to get down to 2%, um, other economic data is is mixed, some pointing to um, economic conditions that might be okay, others pointing to economic conditions that, that may fall off a cliff. So it's a very mixed picture, but I think the biggest thing is that the Fed is committed to getting inflation down, and that is still way too high. And so therefore, it's it's more likely that the Fed is going to continue on this path that they started last year. Now, let's have a think about the US market sentiment. Uh, the indices remain in downtrend, um, but they are approaching the upper boundaries. So we're in, the, we're in the midst of a bounce. And what that says to me is that it means the probability of a rollover is higher. We'll come back to those charts. We're seeing quite large divergences on both a sector basis and also on an industry group basis. So some doing well and some doing um, not so well. And then even within the industry groups, we're seeing even larger stock divergences um, from you know stocks there are stocks that are extremely positive and there are stocks that are extremely negative. So there's just massive divergences all over the place. I just want to show you one chart quickly. So this is JP Morgan. So the US earnings season started on Friday night with the big banks as it always does. And uh, you can see JP Morgan, the price gap down. So it, it had been showing some strength since the lows in October. And the price gap down uh, quite dramatically on the open, but then traded up very strongly. And you know, that's, a, that's probably the biggest positive candle we've seen within the field of view. And the reason was that the earnings came out at $3.57 versus an expected $3.08. And so that was the positive that the market ended up running with at the end. But what the market reacted to initially was that they made a $2.3 billion provision for the expected loan losses. And it's the same across the board with the other big banks as well. And there's something like... um, Oh, look, I can't remember the number now, but it's a, it's a massive number of provisions for expected loan losses. And the, um, the chairman and CEO, JB Diamond, said that the, the US economy is still strong, but don't know the ultimate effect of all these things. Geopolitical tensions, which are obvious, the vulnerable state of energy and food supplies, persistent inflation and higher interest rates, and unprecedented quantitative easing. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> unprecedented quantitative tightening. I've been for so many years. I've talked about quantitative easing, um, and other the other big banks that um, that reported the, their results were similar. So that is that's the start of earnings season. That's that's the first shot across the bow, and the market has reacted in somewhat mixed fashion, but. Um, you know, what's important will be the follow through next week. And next week is a very interesting week because it's options expiry as well. So anything can happen in that week. Let's look at the Australian market setup. Resources, the unquestioned leader of the Australian market. Um, and the supply and the demand outlook for um, most resource um, uh, products re- remains highly compelling nothing has changed in battery materials uh, at all there's um, lithium's going through a bit of a um, going through a bit of a retracement which is really just it's just the cycle I mean stocks uh, stock prices don't go up and up and up in a straight line they advance two or three steps and then they come back a step or two and then the next advance starts and and with lithium we're going through that that consolidation process at the moment so lithium had a fabulous running 2022 we're going through a pause but you know lithium will be back and it's easy when you're going through that that retracement pause to think that it's all over and there's been plenty of headlines saying that you know we've seen the peak in lithium prices and that may be the case we may never see prices go beyond the levels they set last year but that doesn't mean that the price of lithium stocks has peaked uh, by no means Gold may become a leader, and I'll come back to that, uh, certainly looking uh, much, much better. Copper and uranium are starting to, to gain favor as well. I'm talking about the stocks themselves. And don't forget about graphite. Um, price gains are significantly overdue in uh, in graphite. And in each one of these areas, I've got a basket of watch lists um, that, are, um, uh, that are covered in Portfolio Analyst. Um, on a um, on a periodic basis, so staying right on top of where all the opportunities are. So, what to expect this year? Well, the mega trends are going to continue because they don't get thrown offline by Fed policy, so that's that's going to continue. And the mega trends in technology, whilst technology stocks are you know looking pretty sad at the moment, the mega trends are still continuing. The process of of stock prices coming down is, is about valuation. It's not that the mega trends aren't continuing. You know, they are, and eventually we'll come down far enough that we'll reach a um, we'll reach a valuation point that is low enough and then the technology stocks will be back. So we've, we've still got a bit of a way to go on the valuation adjustments yet. I think volatility, it's reasonable to expect that volatility is going to be even higher, which is absolutely fine by me. Um, because that means that we get you know, larger peaks and troughs and we get there more quickly. And that just provides opportunities for taking advantage of, uh, of those moves. So how do we go about making money from this? Well, my approach has been, and different people will come up with different scenarios, but my approach has been in, in, um, you know, in the face of uncertainty um, is to hold smaller core positions for the long term Um, You know, the the stocks that I'm really committed to that I have the utmost confidence in, but I'm just holding a smaller long-term position, Um, holding higher levels of cash for much of the time, and then only cashing in and and using that cash when we get to those oversold extremes. And then when when we get to the overbought extremes, then take the profit off the table and retreat to a higher level of cash again. So for me, it's a year of being more active, using weakness and strength to advantage, just play the backwards and and forwards. And um, and I don't see any reason why 2023 can't be an outstanding year. And another thing that, you know, that repeatedly comes up in questions to me is people that want to own, they've got their heart set on earning a certain stock, and they just want to find a way to get into that certain stock. Well, I, I really think you need to lose the need to own a certain stock. You know, involvement in the stock market, to my way of thinking, is about making money. So you just buy the stocks and the opportunities that help you make money. It doesn't really matter what stock it is. So anyway, that's my always been my approach to the market. The American um, market, the S&P, gained a pretty healthy 2.7% on the week. Um, there are numerous industry groups, so there's 200-odd industry groups in America. and there's quite a few of them that are trending nicely higher, so even though the indices is heading, are heading down, and XLC, Communication Services, is, um, is one of them, and one of the majors in that area is, is a company called Disney that I'm sure everyone's heard of, and that, uh, that whole sector is shaping up quite well, so it's a you know, productive sector to go and look in. But as I mentioned uh, a few slides back, banks are making huge provisions for loan losses, and um, you know that just makes sense. It's almost certain that those loan losses are, are going to happen. And so that's going to be a drag. You know making a provision for a loan loss hits the bottom line. And so the, the bank earnings are, um, you know, are going to come down over time, and you'd have to expect that the, this earnings season is going to throw up a lot of a lot of companies that are struggling. And my, my understanding is that valuations are still too high for what is coming. US dollar index um, continues lower, so the market is certainly betting that um, interest rates are not going to go um, up as high as they are. Um, the ten-year yield is still trending down, where it's where it's three point five. The VIX is um, is also getting to a pretty complacent level. You know, we've we've hardly been under twenty for um, for the last year, and now we've just broken below twenty. So you know that with the fact that the index is now at the the top of a downtrending channel is um, has increased the the odds to my way of thinking that we could roll over the 10 sorry the 10 year 2 year spread is at negative 0.73 and it's been holding in that area for quite some time now so that's you know clearly saying recession coming okay let's um, let's take a look first of all at the S&P So you can see this is the clear downtrending channel that we've got. We've been bouncing from one side to the other and um, we're right at the top. So when you couple that with a VIX, that's indicating that people have perhaps turned a bit complacent again, um, increases the odds So I mean, that's all you can say. You can't say that this is gonna turn down because it could equally turn up and break these highs. But the probability of this turning down is now much, much higher than it has been since we were here, or we were here, or we were here. So that's the position of the index. And if we look at um, if we look at the spread charts, this is the Nasdaq versus the S and P. Nice turn up from the Nasdaq last week, but clearly we're still in in downtrend, as we have been for some time. So nothing has really changed there. Um, This is small cap growth versus small cap value. That's just flatlining at the moment, nothing of interest there. Um, This is on a weekly chart, large cap growth versus large cap value, clearly still in steep decline. So we're still getting a rotation of money from um, growth into value, and that hasn't changed. Semiconductors versus the S&P, maybe, maybe just starting to form a bit more of a base. So that would be a real positive if we can get up above here, but there's still plenty of work to be done on that one yet. Consumer discretionary versus staples has been getting smashed around uh, a lot because of Amazon and Tesla. Amazon appears to have turned the corner to a degree, Tesla, not so yet. Uh, Mid-cap growth versus the S&P looks pretty much the same as the small caps. And finally, this is large cap growth versus large cap value and still clearly in decline. So that's what the spread charts are telling us about where the money rotation um, is, uh, is going. Now I just want to take a look at a couple of other things. This is the VIX over the last six months. So you can see we're now at a, the lowest level we've been in the last six months. Let's have a look at the last 12 months and it's pretty much the same. So we're, we're basically at 12 month lows. And it's been quite a long time since the VIX has been um, down. You've got to go all the way back to um, 2020, uh, 20, the January 2020, before the COVID crash to, to see levels of the VIX down at this level. So this is not consistent with what's happening in the economy and with what the, the Fed and other central banks are doing. This is the uh, the 10-year treasury. Let's look at this on a, uh, let's look over the last uh, six months. So we, we now would appear to be forming, we're certainly forming lower highs. We haven't quite got the lower low yet. Although I guess we did here, this, these lows here were below this one. Um, but you've got to say that the probability is that this is tending to trend down, which would indicate that the, you know, the peak in interest rates is, is closer than some might think. So that is not consistent with, uh, with Fed policy, just one of several inconsistencies we've got in the market. Um, this is um, the, the wheat chart over the last 12 months. And the reason I put this up is because obviously the price of wheat um, can feed into inflation as indeed does oil, um, as does natural gas, um, and so this one is, um, is looking much friendlier now towards inflation than what we saw up here um, when we had the um, you know, the invasion of Ukraine. And the final chart I want to show, this is iron ore, so we'll look at the Australian market in, in just a minute. Um, and this is the reason that the materials sector in Australia, uh, and, in, and in turn, the ASX200, have, um, have done so well of late and out, certainly outperformed the S&P 500 and, and the NASDAQ. So strength in iron ore has been a, uh, a huge contributor. So I would caution against looking at the performance of the Australian index and thinking that all is well in Australia, because it's been largely influenced by this, um, this iron ore chart. All right, so moving to the Australian market, um, the Australian dollar, 69, just a touch over 69. So we've got a bit of a bounce going on there. Our index was up 3.1 for the week, and as I showed, material's clearly the leader, um, but we are approaching all-time highs, so this is um, yeah, this is starting to, to be an area where the odds of, of turning over certainly get a bit higher. All right, I just want to look at, um, at the indices, so the US dollar we've um we've broken out we've retraced but the bigger picture is um is still that we're we're in uptrend so the us dollar bottomed out in 2008 formed a slightly higher high in 2011 but has trending been trending higher since then so it's unclear to me where, so a lot of people seem to have strong opinions on the US dollar direction, but it's pretty unclear to me where it goes within the next three to six months. And uh, just looking at the Australian dollar, so we've, uh, we've broken back below that breakdown level as the US dollar continues to fall. But I think the, the long, long term direction for the US dollar to me is, is probably higher. Okay, so just looking quickly now at um, at the ASX 200. So these are our all-time highs up here. So we're certainly back on the way towards uh, those highs. But the real contributor there's um, there's the materials and materials sector also approaching all-time highs as uh, as well. And just while I'm here, I'll take a look at gold and silver. Silver is um, He's trying very hard to to break out, hasn't quite done so yet, but gold um, certainly has. Um, So, you can see on a weekly chart, we've now gone through uh, one resistance level, second resistance level, third resistance level, and it's gone through very, very quickly. So it's the speed of this rise, you know, there's only been in here one or two weeks of pause and hardly any downside. So we've gone, you know, one, two, three, four, five, very concerted weeks uh, up in a row with very little in between. Yeah, that's a very emphatic rise. The next level comes in here at uh, at two thousand, and then of course the double top and the all-time highs up here at uh, at around twenty seventy five. So gold looking much much better. If we look at it on a on a daily basis, you can see quite a nice move on Thursday and Friday. Looking at uh, how stocks responded to that, um, you know, stocks gold stocks are are going okay, but um, but in Australia we've got uh, we've seen even better performance than than uh, GDXJ. That's for sure. So 19.20 is where gold finished and, um, and looking, looking very, very robust. Um, 2000 is the next level to get through and then somewhere between 20.60 and 20.75 is, um, is the all-time highs. Now, if we convert that into Australian dollars, um, the, the it, in, it did increase during the week, but not as much as you might've thought because the Australian dollar went up and that just held it back. 27.78 is an incredibly healthy Australian gold price, uh, but the thing to remember here is that cost of production for gold stocks it has been rising quite significantly. And um, whilst there is there would appear to be a new bull market underway in gold stocks, and that's always a very exciting time. You know, you can you can do extremely well in um, in very short periods of time. And I'm expecting that we're going to see a, uh, an increasing level of mergers and acquisitions in the gold sector in 2023. Um, and part of the reason for that is is almost survival, because the cost of production is really going up very quickly. And I, and I saw a number a few days ago, which I'm struggling to believe, but I, I think it's probably correct, and that is that the, the average um, all-in sustaining cost now for Australian gold miners is now something close to $2,000 an ounce. You know, the last time I looked, it was something more like 1400 So I'm hoping that that num- number is is not correct, but there's no question that um, that the cost of production is rising very, very quickly, and um, and that's going to force a lot of stocks to um, you know to get together, or for or for larger stocks to take advantage of the situation and and swallow some some of their smaller peers. So I think um, the position of the gold market is we've we've now moved very suddenly very abruptly so we've moved to one of those short-term extremes so i wouldn't be piling into the gold market just at the minute i think it would be a much better reward for risk if we can get some short-term consolidation you know maybe just a bit of a pullback just to take the the froth out of the top because that froth has appeared you know very very quickly so that's the precious metals market and i'm just salivating at the opportunities in precious metals for this year. Other commodities, uh, copper has done really well, up to $4.10. So it's, it's taken off like gold um, in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, nickel eased uh, back down. Copper possibly responding to the China reopening, but maybe just catch up because as I was saying through 2022, I just didn't understand why copper was so weak. So perhaps this is just you know the adjustment back again. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil um, has bounced as well, back to 80, and it's now back to the top of the trading range. So a bit of an interesting point for uh, for Crude Oil, where it goes to from here. There's the Spot Copper chart. You can see it's really taken off very, very quickly. And Spot Nickel just eased a little bit on the week. So wrapping up, I think this is a market to try and exploit short-term extremes. There's, there's gonna be plenty of them. They're, they're probably gonna arrive um, uh, faster and sooner than, uh, than would be normal. There's gonna be lots of ups and downs. I think expect that the ups and downs may become larger, which is just, it's really good if that's what you're expecting and that's what you set up for, because it means that, um, that you've got much more tradable uh, bounces. I'd encourage everyone to really understand what it is in what you hold that is truly a long-term hold. And and commit to it. You know, if if you own a portion of a stock that you're convinced is going to be higher over the long term, then continue to hold it as long as the fundamental case holds together. Because sentiment is going to turn sour on numerous occasions in 2023. I think that's what you have to expect. And as far as the rest of your portfolio and, and the cash goes, just be more active buying and selling and doing it contrary to the herd. So when everyone is starting to smile and pat themselves on the back and how good things are, then you want to be turning pretty cautious and looking for reasons to take profit. And equally, when everyone gets fearful, then that's when you want to prick your ears up and look for opportunities to be buying. I just think that's the way that 2023 has got to be played. Portfolio Analysts last week, we looked at sector relative strengths and just getting highly organised, understanding what your game plan is, getting your targets lined up, and then sitting and waiting and executing. It's not difficult, but it's something that most people seem to struggle with. And one of the things that Portfolio Analyst provides is that education and that perspective that can help people do that more effectively. That's it for this week. There's more information on the website. There's my email address, and I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers. It is quite easy to lose money in the stock market without well thought out, sensible rules applied consistently. Any advice in this video is general advice only. Neither your personal objectives, financial situation or needs have been taken into consideration. Accordingly, you should consider how appropriate the advice, if any, is to those objectives, financial situation and needs before acting on the advice. Gary Davis, AR317590 is an authorised representative of Primary Securities, AFSL 224107. Past performance should not be taken as an indicator of future returns. And a note to traders, the publishers of this material wish to disclose that they may hold this stock in their portfolios. And that any decision to purchase this stock should be done so after the purchaser has made their own inquiries as to the validity of any information in this material.